Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because David Meerman Scott is going to be joining us. And if you don't know who he is, well, you're going to find out in just a moment because he has written an amazing new book. And you're not going to want to just buy this book. You're going to want to buy all his other books, too. But anyway, a few quick things before we dive into it. Uh, if you've got an amazing story or you've got a question that you'd like me to answer, all you have to do is reach out to me on social media channels, all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, anywhere, and just use that hashtag, AskShep, and I'll answer the questions that you send in either on the show, directly in the medium that you uh, reach out to me on, or I actually have a TV show. Be Amazing or Go Home, and that can be seen on Amazon Prime, Roku, Apple TV, C-Suite TV, YouTube, everywhere that you could stream TV, practically, that's where we're doing. We're jumping into season two, very excited about uh, the next season and who some of our guests are. So let's get right into today's episode with David Meerman Scott, and this book that he has just written, Phenocracy, is all about creating loyalty. The subtitle is Turning Fans into Customers and Customers into Fans. And if you are listening to the episode, the day it comes out, well, this is your lucky day because today is the day that the book is actually released. So, David, you're going to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and also that you had your daughter, Reiko Scott, kind of you know, jump in and help you with this. I can't wait to hear about how it's, how much fun it is to work with a daughter. Oh, it's <laughs> I aspire fabulous. to do that one day. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shep. Uh, yeah, fabulous, fabulous working for my daughter. Um, so I got my start on a bond trading desk, hated it, was terrible at it, but loved the information behind the bond trading. So I spent 15 years in the corporate world working for companies like Dow Jones and so on. And then I was fired by Thomson Reuters in 2002. And that's when I entered the world that you and I live in, that the way that we met sort of the writing and speaking circuit world. And uh, absolutely, just like you, absolutely love being on a stage. I love the art of speaking, public speaking. I, I, I think of it as my art. I don't play music. I don't um, do any other forms of art, but my speaking is my art. Um, and um, for the But now, wait a minute. You say you don't do music, but you do just in a different way. You are a, I'm a listener. You, you are a fanatical fan. I'm of, a this fan. is where phonocracy comes from of the Grateful Dead. That's exactly right. Um, all live, all live music. I've seen 780 live shows in my life, and I'm such a geek. I keep a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you 70, keep the ticket stubs. I do, except that you know now they don't. You don't get that many ticket stubs because there's so much electronic ticketing. Unfortunately, I love the old school ticket stubs, uh, and I do keep them. Um, and I've seen 75 Grateful Dead concerts, and that's actually where this idea of Fanocracy originally came from because I was talking to my daughter Reiko and I said, I'm such a Grateful Dead geek, 75 shows, what's that all about? And she says, Daddy, I'm a massive Harry Potter geek. Um, so Reiko not only read every single book and, and met multiple times, every movie seen multiple times, been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter several times. She wrote a 90,000 word alternative ending to the Harry Potter series. Holy Dra moly. I know, right? Where Draco Malfoy is a spy for the Order of the Phoenix. She posted that on a fan fiction site. 
It's been downloaded thousands of times and has been commented on hundreds of times. So we're both these crazy fans of the things that we love. And we just dug into the idea of, can that idea of fandom be applied to all kinds of businesses, all industries, all different endeavors? The answer is yes. Yeah, I think, well, obviously you've got to create an evangelist, uh, if you will, or a fanatical fan. Yes. So uh, I know it's like, I remember this uh, uh, sketch that Steve Martin, the comedian did back in the 1970s when he was just getting started. And he said, you know, how can you earn a million dollars and not pay taxes? And do you remember the answer? No, I don't. So the, and, and, and he would say, he would scream it out. You can earn a million dollars and not pay taxes. Now, let me tell you how to do it. First, get a million dollars. <laughs> And then the punchline was, and second, uh, when the IRS comes knocking at your door and says, you didn't pay taxes, two words, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but what you're saying is in in order to get somebody to react, to be willing to to write 90,000 words. Now, I'm holding your new book. Right now, it's, it's less than 90,000 words. I know it is. It's about 276 pages. And yeah. how many words do you think are this? I'm going to say 55? Uh, it's a little more. I think it's, a, it's a just, just south of 70,000 words. 70,000 words. But still, that means that your daughter wrote more than a book's worth of, of fiction with no um, idea that she would get any financial gain from it. She just did it she because she loves Harry Potter. Exactly right. She yep. hasn't gotten a penny from it, but she did it because she loves Harry Potter. She became, she's become a way better writer than me, Shep. <laughs> because <laughs> because she's, she, she loves to write and she's really good at writing fiction. So it's made her overall writing fabulous. But so, yeah, she's a fan. Yeah, yeah and how do you be, to get to that point, though, this is my question, though. To get to the point, uh, you have to have a fan. It's like you have to have the million dollars, but you got to know how to get that million or you got to know how to get the fan. How do you create that fan to begin with? So what we learned, if you boil it all down to a sentence or two, is that fandom is all about a true human connection. It's a personal connection. It's basically hardwired into our brains as humans that we want to be part of a tribe that we wanna be together with like-minded people, that we want to know and share the lingo. You know, if I go to a Grateful Dead concert, I can share the lingo and I can walk up to anybody at a Grateful Dead concert and, and strike up a conversation as if we're old friends. Mm, yeah. uh, same, th- same thing in the Harry Potter world. So we looked at how organizations have tapped that. And there's, one, there's a bunch of cool examples that we found, but one of my favorite is um, and I'll start with a question. Do you love auto insurance, Shep? <laughs> <laughs> Who loves uh, auto insurance? Nobody loves auto insurance. So, so I was interviewing McKeel Haggerty. He's the CEO of Haggerty Insurance. He said, David, everyone hates my business. Insurance sucks. Nobody likes to buy insurance. And furthermore, no one wants to use the product because it meant you crashed your car. right Right? it's terrible in all ways and so he said i can't market my product like everybody else i can't be the cheapest i can't spend the most money on advertising because i'm never going to compete with the lizards or the geckos so what i need to do is look at how i can cultivate fans and he specifically does auto insurance for classic 
cars. Mm. And so what he did was he recognized that he needed to become a part of the tribe of classic car collectors. So he and his team now go to over 100 classic car events a year in North America where they uh, set up shop, they provide seminars, they provide valuations reports. They're, they're part of the tribe. Um, they have a YouTube channel with something like a million followers. They have a Hagerty's Drivers Club with 650,000 members. And they're a, they're a uh, an auto insurance company now that is Cultivate Fans. And they did it because they tapped into existing fat passions, the existing passion of people who love classic cars. I love that. So um, you become a part of the community that you're in. Yep. I think that's part of it. And, uh, but I don't know if everybody, I mean, help me here. Give me some other examples. Like how can I find like whatever industry I'm in and I've got to find those passionate people. It, it, I mean, you've given me a great example that seems like, well, that makes total sense. How does that apply to me, the average person that doesn't sell auto insurance to uh, so, classic so, cars? So th there's, there's the, as you read in the subtitle, there's two different approaches to this idea. One is turning fans into customers. And that's that idea of mm -hmm. the idea of, okay, um, we're going to find a fandom and we're going to tap into it. Um, the other idea is how can you turn customers into fans? And that's also around a true human connection. And this is where it became really interesting because um, Reiko, um, is a neuroscientist. She did a neuroscience degree from Columbia University and is now in her final year of medical school. So she specifically wanted to look into the neuroscience aspects of fandom. What's going on in our brain when we're um, fans of something? And it turns out that it's rooted in our survival, our survival strategy as human beings because the closer you get to somebody, the more powerful the shared emotion because we want to know, is this person who's near us part of the same tribe or an enemy? It's rooted from 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, one neuroscientist named Edward T. Hall identified uh, the different levels of proximity. Further than 20 feet is called public space. You don't really track people in public space. Within 20 feet becomes social space. Our brains track those people because we want to know, are they part of our tribe or are they yep, enemies? They're right near us. They're close yeah, to us. Yeah, they're close to us. Mm -hmm. And then, for, then closer than four feet called personal space, even more intense um, human emotions happen at that level. That's cocktail party distance. Right. Um, so if you're at a cocktail party, you know the people are part of your tribe, very powerful. If you're in a crowded elevator, it can feel really nervous because your ancient brain is kicking in your fight or flight mode because you don't know them, they might be enemies. So this, armed with this, the idea is, can you get in close physical proximity with your customers because that creates those emotional bonds that turns them into fans. Is um, this uh, uh, metaphorical because some companies are online retailers or online, you know, primarily, or there's some distance between them. They're using the phone. Uh, is there, is this a metaphorical four feet? Well, there's the physical, literal physical four feet, um, which is used for a lot of businesses. So, so for example, example, can you have a client uh, run a client conference, bring people together? Mm. Like, so you get not only people together with your employees, but also um, your customers together right. with other customers. Right. 
Um, uh, can you um, go on a tour and meet your customers where they live? But then you're right. There are some companies that are only digital, selling online, or that have customers all over the world. Like I know you have, you have followers and fans, people even listening to this, this podcast all over the world. So there's another part of neuroscience called mirror neurons that can help us for this. Mirror neurons are the part of our brains that fire when we see someone or even hear someone do something as if we're doing it ourselves. which I'm going to demonstrate for you now, Chip. Okay. Um, you and I are on video, but you could also, this also works just with audio. I'm holding up a lemon and a slice of lemon. Yep. If I take a bite of this slice of lemon, wow, it's really powerful. It's, it makes my eyes close. It scrunches my mouth up. It's really powerful on my tongue. And, I'm tasting and, it. And, and Shep is tasting it. <laughs> I'm tasting and, the lemon. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and and, and, and even, just, even those of you who can't see or just listening in, you can probably taste a little bit of lemon too. This is the power of mirror neurons. Now, armed with this power of mirror neurons, you can combine the idea of proximity um, with the idea of mirror neurons and use effectively photographs and videos to create fandom. You crop it as if you're four feet away, you um, look directly into the camera, and you shoot videos this way, you create photographs this way to put on your social networks, to put on your website, to use in your marketing materials. And you know, a lot of companies use stock photos. People see through stock photos instantly. Use photos of real people. A lot of people do videos, but they might shoot them from really far away, or they do this 60 minute style over one shoulder, mm. looking at one yep. person over the other shoulder, very common. That's not as effective as looking directly at the camera. Yep, very so, cool. So this is exactly why we feel we know movie stars, because you don't know a movie star, but you're looking at the screen and, and they're you're as that, if you know them. Right. They're right there, big face right in front of you, and you feel like you're connecting, you can sense their emotion, you can see it in their eyes. Exactly uh, right. So every one of us who's listening in on this, all of us could use this technique. Um, to develop fans of our business, even if we run a virtual business. I'm going to start changing up my videos uh, right away. <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about fanocracy, turning fans into customers and customers into fans by David Meerman Scott and Rako Scott. And a lot more questions that I have. Uh, can't wait. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you want to amaze your customers, impress your colleagues, and outshine your competition? Well, going from average to amazing isn't an out of the reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. And I wrote about this in my best-selling book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And now I have some good news. We just re-released the book in paperback form. And in this book, I let you in on the secrets behind my mantra, always be amazing. And I share with you the simple practices that can elevate your game. Mastering these practices will help you create trust, build stronger relationships, advance your career, and much more. So now is the time to step out of the ordinary and into amazement. Be amazing or go home is available at amazon.com. So what are you waiting for? Make the choice today to be amazing or go home. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with David Merriman Scott about the new book that just came out today. If you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out, 
probably already a bestseller. I would imagine just because your reputation, you wrote a book, uh, I don't know how many years ago, and you've revised it quite a number of times. It's not like you wrote the book and sat and rested on your laurels. The, the new rules of marketing and PR. That's how I first came to know you. I'm going to say this was over 10 years ago that I, I got the first it, edition. It is. The first edition was 2007. Okay. Uh, so it was quite a few years ago. Yep. So I got this book and let's see, my daughter has been out of college now for, uh, I, this is how I know this. She's been out for <laughs> almost five years. And when she was first going to college, I called you up. This would be nine years ago. Okay. Yep. Nine years ago, I called you up and I said, hey, uh, my name's Shep. I'm a fan. I don't know if you know who I am, but I know who you are. And I got, and I was in Boston, got into a cab, didn't realize it would be a $75 cab ride out to your place, <laughs> but it was well worth it. We hung out for an hour yeah, at a Starbucks yeah, and uh, that just, that was her first time getting annoyed. See, so you had a fan. I totally, I totally remember that. And, right. um, and it was great. And since then we've connected a bunch of different conferences, most recently at NSA. Yep. Um, and, and for those that don't know, NSA is not the national, the three, the three letter government yeah. agency. Right, right. No, no. This is the NSA, the national speakers association. Yes. We're the ones that talk and the others, they listen. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. I it's old. But it's, <laughs> so uh, back to the book, back to the book. Uh, you've given us some great techniques. There's a great story in there uh, that I want to, let's see, uh, underwear. I have written down underwear story. <laughs> underwear. I want to hear the story about underwear. Underwear is interesting because people say, oh, I'm just in the commodity business. I can't create fans. Um, but I ran across a company called Me Undies. And Me Undies is remarkable because they've created a subscription underwear company. They've sold over 10,000 pairs of underwear, men's, women's, all, all different types. And what's so interesting to me is that they've, they've cultivated fans. And the way they've done that is they have ways that people can post photographs of themselves in their underwear. Mm -hmm. And also they have his and her underwear or his and his, or her and her, depending on uh, how people connect. And so lots and lots of people post um, couple shots where they're wearing the same pattern, even if one's a man, one's a woman, it's still the same pattern, still the same uh, 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 colors. And there's lots and lots and lots of people who do this. Um, and they just have a wonderful outlook on life. They have really great images. Um, and I love, love, love the fact, Shep, that they're in the underwear business. And I mean, I used to buy, <laughs> I, I used to buy underwear when they kind of got holes and wouldn't hold, wouldn't, you know, they'd start falling down. I need a new pair of underwear and whatnot. But now I'm like, I look forward to every month getting a new pair. It's great. So they, so don't tell me you only get one pair a month. What do you turn them inside out? You get double use out of them. I mean, how do you, I've got like, I've got like 40 pair now. And it's like, I open up my drawer. They're all wonderful and colorful. And depending on the mood, when I open up my underwear drawer or, or when I'm on the road, I'll, I'll put in more pair than I actually need for that trip. So no, I'm not just using one pair of underwear. <laughs> well, that's, so how does subscription underwear work? I mean, I get razor blades. You use them, yeah. they're yeah. worn out, you throw them away. I know underwear, I can tell, I can see, you know, just after time, they wear out. I mean, they get little but holes. They, but, they, but the thing is, they don't wear out that quickly. They don't, wear out, they don't wear out one pair a month. So here's what's happened. 
I actually own way more underwear than I need. I probably got 40 or even 45. And I've got a lifetime supply of razor blades from Dollar Shave Club, by the way. There you go. There you go. (laughs) So, but, but, but what it, what's so interesting, the patterns are unique and they, and they have certain patterns that you can only get if you're a member. So they've got this exclusivity ah. factor going on, right? It's like, oh, you can't have that one because you're not a member. If you join the, the monthly subscription, though, that, and you can have that one. Um, or, hey, you want to get um, uh, a one for your significant other, then you guys can wear the same uh, pattern. It, it's, it's really a wonderful way to get you to buy m- way more underwear than you need. Um, and then people become fans because they're sharing it all over the social networks. It's, um, I just think it's a, a wonderful example. Yeah, I love it. It's, and, and I think there's a couple of other things. We've talked about this. We've had guests on the show in the past, and it was a feature of The Convenience Revolution, which is a book that I wrote about a year or so ago. And that is subscription. If you could find a way to get your customers to subscribe and get something from you on an ongoing basis, it's great for both sides. Recurring revenue, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see it. And then number two, the customer gets it when they want it or when they expect it, when they need it, they know what's coming. And uh, if they love you, they just stay on. And, and, and that's a great thing. So uh, I guess if there's a, I mean, we, we, I want to get into the book a little bit more. Um, Tell me about like your best idea out of the book. I mean, this is bit. I'm going to ask you for three of them. I want to do one, then I want to take a break and come back and ask a couple more. Sure. So the main thing we found is that passion is infectious. Mm. That's a quote quote from Reiko. Passion is infectious. Okay, tweet that out. Yeah, no kidding, right? (laughs) Tweetable. The idea here is that when you exude passion for something, like, you know, I love The Grateful Dead. I talk about it all the time. And, and um, uh, 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 Shep, I know you're into music and, uh, uh, and so on. And, and when you share the thing that you love, even if the person you're talking to doesn't share that, they can feel your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the whole work-life balance thing is BS. I think that our work is our life, our life is our work. And I think that if you love what you do, you show that passion. Right. If, you, if you bring the things that you love into your work, you show that passion. And what we learned is that people who share passion have more fans. Companies that employ people who are passionate develop more fans. Uh, my favorite example of this is HubSpot. Um, I've been on the advisory board of HubSpot since the very beginning. Uh, I joined them when they had only um, eight uh, employees, no customers. They're at 3,000 employees and, and over, over $650 million in revenue will be done this year. They have such, such passionate employees um, and they're building a really fast growing business because their employees love working at HubSpot. They're just named number one on Glassdoor by employees, number one uh, best company to work for in all of the United States. Wow, and that's that, amazing. That passion grows business. Yep. You know, um, I, I can, I know the Grateful Dead, you know, they're passionate about their music. They're totally into the music. People are totally into them. You go to a dead concert. It's like no other concert you've ever seen. Now it's dead and company, but, yep. but still uh, it, it, what they've done. And I, you know, we come back from the break. I've heard you do your speech and I've talked, uh, I've heard it several times. You've talked about the Grateful Dead and what they do to connect and have created this 
really, uh, it's a brand that, that's gone on after the brand could have been over. You know, exactly. With it's Jerry like, Garcia being gone. 55 but years now. It's amazing. 55 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe I'm not quite that old. Anymore. I know, right? <laughs> I know. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back again. Just to remind you, the book is called Phenocracy by David Meerman Scott and Rako Scott. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating. And we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more. So the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with David Meerman Scott about fanocracy and the Grateful Dead. So <laughs> I've heard you do this speech, I don't know how many times, a number of times, and you always talk about the Grateful Dead, that they break the mold. They want you to videotape them. They want yeah. you to record them. They want you to do whatever you can where everybody's in that business is so afraid, oh, they'll, uh, they'll put my video on YouTube and, and I don't know why it's a problem, but talk to us about how they really created 55 years of a brand. It's Absolutely. still alive. It's, ama it's amazing, actually. I mean, if every other ticket on the ticket, it says no recording allowed. The Grateful Dead said, sure, why not? You can record our concerts. They let, you, they let fans bring in professional level recording gear. They had, they had um, um, uh, power strips that you could plug into. <laughs> uh, and, and they would give you a, 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 the best seat in the house to re for sound recording, which is right behind the mixing board. Mm -hmm. um, so every other band said no. The Grateful Dead said yes, please record our music. Because what this did was this created fans because people in the early days, it was cassette tapes. And then you would, you would make a duplicate of the cassette tape and you would give it to your friends or tra trade it. The only rule the band said was you can't sell the recording. But as long as you give it away or trade it, that we're totally cool with that. And that created a social network before Mark Zuckerberg was even born because people were fans of the Grateful Dead based on the fact that they heard these recordings. And that's really cool way to generate interest. Now, fast forward to today, of course, in the, with the Grateful Dead, it's MP3 files. Mm -hmm. But so many businesses are creating some sort of content and they do not use the Grateful Dead style marketing. What they do is they put a barrier to their content on the web. And it's specifically what I see most is an organization that might create a white paper or an ebook, something like that. They and gate say, it. They gate it. They put a gate in front of it. The gate says, you cannot see our content unless you give us um, something of value in return first. That thing of value is your email address and contact information. Mm. And this sets up an adversarial relationship. It is not a relationship built on fandom. It's an adversarial relationship. So I recommend people rethink the way you deliver white papers and do it instead, uh, Grateful Dead style, make it completely and totally free because that will build fans. So true story, uh, Seth Godin, I uh, studied how he published books, wrote books, published books, and he's published so many different ways. And I followed and tracked his method, which was to give away a big chunk of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, so I put on my uh, 
weekly newsletter. Uh, I sent it out to everybody, 20,000, 25,000 people at the time. Uh, if you would just go here and give us your email address, we'll send you the book and or portion of the book. And it was like crickets, maybe five people. So yeah. I talked to Seth and I said, what's wrong with that? I go, and he said, Shep, that was last year. This year, you can't ask them for their email address. First of all, you right. already have their email address. You just sent 25,000 people out. You know, what you're trying to track is who's actually interested. Yeah. Try this. Just say, you know what, and tell them. We're not asking for your email address anymore. Just click here and you'll get it automatically. By the yeah. way, uh, I, I noticed how many people downloaded it, which was nothing, you know, from the standpoint of the gate. It was there to prevent people. They had to put in their email address and their name and then hardly any books sold. The next week didn't gate it. Thousands of people looked at it and hundreds of books were sold. Exactly right. It's exactly right. <laughs> so, exactly yeah. right. That's a perfect, perfect A-B test. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've, had, I've had a number of people tell me the same thing in many, many, many different businesses. Um, and I, um, uh, I figure that the ratio is 50 to 1. You'll get wow. 50 times the uh, number of people to download something with no registration required than have registration. But there's a hybrid that can be used if you really do want to collect the email address. You make the white paper or the or ebook the e or whatever it is completely and totally free, no registration. Then inside of it, there's an offer. Yep. So like, like with your book, for example, is exactly what you did. The book is free, download it. And oh, by the way, if you want to buy it, here's a link to Amazon or whatever it is. Yep. And th that's, an that's an absolutely valid way to do it. Um, so you can still collect those email addresses later on in the process. Ebook is free. Hey, did you like this ebook? Sign up for our email newsletter. Did right. you like this ebook? Sign up for our webinar. And then you get the email address. So you get it. Even on this show, we have sponsors. And uh, occasionally the sponsor will say, click here and you know, you'll get a white paper. But, and, and so I even told a very, I'm not going to say which one of our sponsors, that yeah. wouldn't be fair. But I said, I can tell you how many people get to your gate. Yeah, but you can only tell me how many people and it was like amazing 300 people went in yeah. 22 people actually filled out the right form. right yeah. yeah right we're seeing as much as 50 to 1 I mean it's amazing the number of people and and besides that when you're getting a, an email address before someone has seen your content that's a really cold lead yep but if someone has already seen your content and they love it and they give you an email address that's a hot lead all right outstanding information. We don't have a whole lot of time left. I want to get at least one or two quick tips. And then I have a final question. And I didn't warn you about this, but I'm okay. going to warn you now. Hey, I'm going to ask you to give us one more big insight that you want this audience to remember when we're finished with the program. So okay, first, bro. a couple of quick tips from the book. So real specific quick tips. Um, I mentioned earlier, passion is infectious. How can you share with us what you are a fan of, you know, and, and um, how can you on your website, for example, share the things that you love or that your employees love? Um, can you show us um, that you love to snowboard or that you love to surf or that you love to go bird watching or whatever it might be because that passion is infectious? Mm -hmm. All right. And another one? Another one is same deal, but use photographs that are real casual. You know, so many people in a corporate world, it's all buttoned down and serious mm -hmm. and I'm on LinkedIn and you know all this, um, but make it, make it um, much, much more open and, and, um, 
and the idea that, you know, I mentioned this earlier that um, work is life, life is work, you know, show us at when you're at play, show us when you're having fun. Um, um, and as well, eliminate the gobbledygook language on your website. You know, you've heard me say this before, Shep, but when you say we're the flexible, scalable solution for improving business process using cutting edge technology and mission critical applications, people are like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right? So all you have to do is, is write like a human being mm-hmm. uh, and you will develop much more fans. So yeah, you know, very be, be cool. Real, be real, be a human being. Yeah, I know uh, I've got pictures of me playing guitar with famous people, but really just playing guitar is just yeah. enough to say, oh, that's interesting. And you're looking in my office right now. I know people can't see this, but we, we do these interviews via video. You can see a couple of guitars behind yeah, me. I know, it's amazing. It's the first thing I said when, when, we, yeah. when we popped on yeah. before you started the recording. Whoa, the, I see some guitars. That's cool. Yeah, and there's because a guitar that lamp. Immediately, that immediately humanizes you. Yeah. Up. And, so, and people want to know that. No, and it, and they don't have to be. They don't have to share that fandom with you. They are naturally drawn drawn to people who are passionate about something. Yeah. So I have two business cards. One is the corporate business card that says Shepherd Presentations with my name, mm-hmm. and the other one is uh, I made a rookie card of me playing hockey. I love to play oh, hockey. Nice. Oh, cool. So I always say when I'm talking to somebody, "Do you want a serious card or do you want the fun card?" I bet what do you most think people most people say, say? Most people want the fun card. They want they? the fun card. Of course you know? they do. Yeah. Of so, they do. so that's the point. That's the point. All right. We're at the end of the show. I always ask the final question. The one thing you want this audience to remember. Now I'm going to give you an easy way out. Yeah, Either it's something need, brand new. I don't need an easy way Okay, out. good. Or you could reiterate something. Let's go with something new then. Um, so here's the thing that we learned is that any organization can develop fans. We found a dent- dentists that develop fans. We found enterprise software companies that develop fans. We found all kinds of organizations. We found a government agency with, with tens of millions of fans. We found a government agency that you can find people wearing the logo t-shirt in any city in the world. I was in the Seychelles on the east coast of Africa, just above Madagascar in the Indian Ocean three weeks ago, and walking down the street with somebody with a NASA t-shirt on. They're a government agency with tens of millions of fans. Anybody can develop fans. Wow. Uh, so that's the point about the book. Again, fanocracy, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. It doesn't matter the type of business you're in. It doesn't matter the industry you're in, B2B, B2C, even government. This is a book that you must read in order to just take your business to the next level and build that fan base that is evangelistic, that will, that will share with the world how great you are. David, you're awesome. You're great. I'm one of your biggest fans. Thank thank you you, so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate you having me on, Shep. Um, uh, I value our friendship in a, in a really, really strong way. And um, all the best for the new decade of the 2020s. Yes. And you know what? As a gift to yourself, it's like a New Year's resolution and it's an easy one. Just go buy the book. Uh Make it a goal and make it happen in the next five minutes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Chef Pike. And until next week, when we have another episode of Amazing Business Radio, remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.